Alright guys, welcome to Bar Hopping. I'm your host, Drew Landry. This is a podcast where I have on a guest and we talk about their all-time favorite rap verse. My guest today is Jay Damar, who's a rapper out here in Los Angeles. I've known Jay Damar since she was rapping under her birth name, which is Kyrie Chalmers. We went to high school together in Baltimore, so uh, I've known her for a while and she's such a great rapper. The verse she chose was uh, the first verse on Respect the Game by Meek Mill. And to be completely honest with you, uh, spoiler alert, we only talk about the verse for like five seconds. So fair warning, but we had a really great conversation. So before we start, this was recorded on Zoom, so the audio quality is kind of shitty. I apologize for that, but I hope you enjoy it. This is Bar Hopping. The song you just dropped, NYNB Freestyle, which by the way, I love. I, I played it for my girlfriend and we we're both like, this. Song, I can imagine hearing this on the radio. Like it was so good. So when did you record that? I recorded that one December 19th. I was in Baltimore when I did it. It was kind of a spare the moment thing. I was actually, I had, I brought most of my equipment with me. I didn't bring speakers. I just brought headphones and like my little Apollo interface and my computer and I just set up with my mic and I was just freestyling I got some beats sent to me I was freestyling in the house and I was like yo this is hard this has to drop so I sent it to the producer the producer was still new with me like now he's my guy but that was like the first time I really worked with him and I was like look can I have this beat? Like, please, please, please let me have this beat. And we just built like this uh, foundation after that. And he was like, you can have it, sent the stems over the same night. And then I recorded it on the 19th at a studio, uh, Inkwell Studios, Mm -hmm. recording studios. And then I called, I like prepped everything in advance. Like I was like, I'm going to the studio on this day, called up um, my engineer, asked him, could he one day, and like have it sent back to me and then I got it back on the 21st uploaded it to the DSPs and it was ready to go I'm jealous that you went to Baltimore I haven't been there in like over a year now as soon as I'm vaccinated I'm visiting Baltimore I've traveled at least three four times during the pandemic and I've been okay Mm -hmm. but I say if you can prevent it prevent it yeah I've been trying to it sucks yeah. But the uh, the verse you chose, I'm glad you chose this because I love this song, is uh, the first verse on Respect the Game by Meek Mill. I just love this album in general, Championships. It's one that of my favorite album, albums of 2018. That album was Grammy worthy. Oh, it was so, so good. Jay-Z's verse on What's Free was my favorite verse of that year. Bro, uh, I was about to pick that song. I was like, nah. Oh, that would have been even this, better. This one just felt like, you know how he has dreams and nightmares? So this one felt like a mild version of that. Like he was just spitting raw game. Oof. He's good at that kind of track. And I know this isn't an intro. The intro on this album is just called intro, but it has the vibe of an intro. It does. Warming you up. I'm pulling up the lyrics right now. Well, there's a bar I especially love, but I want to make sure I don't fuck it up and butcher it. But where is it? If you don't feed your wolves, they're going to put you on the menu. Wait, but then he said Ginsu right after that. If money determined loyalty would cut you with a Ginsu. Normally I know his stuff by heart, like word for word. 
But this is just one I know. I, you got to read it to be right. If you don't feed your wolves, they're going to put you on the menu. That's why I be with family and some bulls that I've been to. If money determined loyalty, we cut you with a gansu. Well, one thing I love about him, and especially on this track, is he has a calm intensity. It's the confidence in what he's saying. He's just like, Oh, he's so confident with it. You just feel it. Much for you to feel this. Yeah. I love your necklace. Oh, thank you. I think I've had this. I've had this since like 2009. I had this all throughout Carver. Do you still talk to anyone from Carver? A uh, few. I still talk to Kendall and Karan, or Kenron, as mm. they're now known. Tristan sometimes. Kirsten. I, I talk to her on Twitter a lot. And Travis. Travis mm -hmm. was uh, from Carpentry. Oh, I remember Travis. I totally forgot mm -hmm. about that dude. I think we had math class together. He would talk to me a lot, and I was just super shy back then. So everything he said, I'd just be like, yeah. Now, you're not shy anymore. Oh no, definitely not. I don't know what changed. I think I think sometimes after high school you just come into your own. You do. And you you don't really have the pressure of quote unquote popularity. Yeah, and you just so get more confident. Give people's approval. I was like halfway there. Like I had confidence when it came to my music and my film, but like when it came to friendships, I didn't yeah. get in there. Because I remember, yeah, you were already doing music in high school. You started because I know I interviewed you in April. You started when you were what, like 10? Close. I was seven when I started rapping, but I was nine when I started writing. How old were you when you started recording? When I started recording, I was either 14 or 15. Recorded a mixtape that no one will ever find. <laughs> a few years ago, you dropped that EP and then just, uh, you took it down, right? I did. I definitely did. Does that happen a lot where... Know. You'll record music, you love it at the time, and then like a year later, you hate it. Does that happen frequently That's with you? All, that happens often. Yeah, I think that happens with but a lot like, of good artists. It does, but that's because we're also our worst critic. In a weird way, I think you want to look back on your stuff from a year ago and cringe because it shows you keep improving. Yeah, and this is like the first time, not this year, now because we're in 2021, but 2020 was the first year that I really was able to submerge myself, like really be immersed in my music, nothing else. Yeah, because there's nothing so, else to do. Yeah, and in turn, you get the result. So it's like that that was now what I do for a living. So I signed a prescription in March. I didn't have to work my regular nine to five anymore. So it was, and I did, actually, by then I wasn't even working the nine to five. I was doing like Lyft and Uber and everything like that. But you're doing that eight hours a day, concentrate on what you need to do, which is your music in this case. So it was taking a lot of time from my away from my development. Yeah, so this was like once you did once I did it every day, I was hating all the old stuff because I was like, wow, I really see where that didn't work. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I'll I'll do that with comedy where I'll look back on jokes from a few years ago and I'm like, why the fuck did I think that was funny? I like your humor though. Your humor's like Dry humor, slightly sadistic. <laughs> Sometimes you be like, yo, this shit is really funny. Oh, yeah, I like that slightly sadistic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny as hell. Like, I still remember going to your stand-up. I want to go to more now. Yeah. But, like, but, <laughs> but there is none. Because the freaking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, when life opens back up, I want to go to your stand-up. I've done some Zoom shows, but I don't know, man. It's just not the same. Have you done any type of Zoom performances? I did one. I was thinking about doing some more virtual shows, but I didn't have music out at the time like that. Like, I didn't think Rebound was out when I considered that. And I was like, well, 
I don't want to. I got offered to do one for Payday LA, and I was like, I don't have enough music since mm-hmm. the rebrand to like hold the time slot. So I just passed up on it at the time. But I'll do it if they offer again. Not enough music since you changed your name and all that. Yeah, like I, at the time, I think I only had Cherry Red and Rebound. I didn't even have New Year out. And then I have more that I'm working on. And since we're getting closer to like releasing stuff, mm-hmm. I could probably play it in the show like as a, a premiere or a preview. So in that way, it works out. So what are you working on right now? Are you working on an EP or a mixtape? Just recording a bunch yeah, of singles? I'm working on a whole project. That's uh, that's what I want to do. I'm just, I've been doing singles for now until I feel like I have a completed sound for the tape. Cause Mm -hmm. like I'm big on storytelling. Yeah. So if it's a dope song, but it doesn't fit, I'm going to just drop it as a single and let it do its thing. But other than that, I'm just working on an actual, like I really want to get a nice full creative project together. Real cohesive, have a, have a whole rollout for it. Like I want to really do it right. I can't not drop a project this year. I will lose my mind. Yeah, well, especially after all this time to record. Man, and the shit I had to go through during COVID. Is cursing okay during this interview? Fuck okay, yeah. I assume so you didn't stop me. <laughs> no, this is a clean Christian yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. Like With COVID, I feel like a lot of people kind of showed you their true colors in a way. Doesn't necessarily mean bad, but people change under pressure. Like, I dealt with a guy during this. I, I dealt with two different guys during this quarantine. That taught me a lot about myself. And then also things I was willing to accept and not accept. And then in terms of, like, friendships, seeing how people, like I said, just don't do well under pressure or do well under pressure. Just seeing how people look at you when they see how you deal with pressure. And that that started shifting my mind a lot in like how I want to deal with people, how I value myself, and then just all that. I don't even know what the question was at this point. Uh, me neither. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, when I hit you up, like the theme is you, uh, you know, you talk about one of your favorite verses, but for the first like two or three episodes I recorded, we talk about the verse the whole time, but now it's like we talk about it for a second, then just talk. You know what I mean? But see, that verse ties into what I just said. Yeah, it does a hundred percent. Well, there's a lot of stuff about loyalty. Oh, this is great. Rule number one. Never count your homies' pockets thinking you deserve it. Never trust a bitch that'll fuck you for some purses. That don't apply to me, but you know. (laughs) Save some of that money. You better stop splurging. That's COVID rule number one. Move that up. Because when it's all said and done and you back at the bottom, they're going to treat you like you're worthless. Respect the game. That splurging thing applies to me. Let me tell you. (laughs) Under the new name, you have like three tracks out, right? Mm-hmm. Under Jay Damar. The old name I had like four or five. If you don't count the EP, if you count the EP, then I had like eleven, and then I got rid of those. Actually, I probably had I probably had about fifteen under the old names. Yeah. But then 
there was this like Russian guy who came in with the same name. I remember you telling me that. Man, he took over. And then there's a girl now. There's another girl named Kyrie. So you had, you know, your old name, Kyrie, and your page on Apple Music or Spotify. And then next thing you know, there's a bunch of tracks just from some Russian dude and it's under the same artist. That's kind of hilarious. He was like coming up under my email address. I was like, what the hell? Well, I'm just imagining a friend of yours like, yeah, I'm going to support Kyrie's music and then clicking on the Russian dude. And they're like, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> she she, she sounds different. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I interviewed you, you told me where the name Jay Damar came from. But I liked your explanation so much that I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> ask away. Um, so I wanted a new name that was still like embodying who I was. But in an alter ego sense, I was like, it has to be real to me. And I'm a very spiritual person. I haven't even told this story in a while. So I'm like making sure I don't skip anything. <laughs> but I'm a very spiritual person. And so I wanted to see, about, I checked my numerological chart. And I found that my life number is four. People probably think my life number is 11. But I have 11 in my chart. 11 is a master number. It's a creative. It's a leader. And all those things are me. So I was like, all right, what can what names are associated with 11? And then Jade came up. I thought it was really dope. It was, I could associate it with a color branding-wise. It was dope. And, it, you know, it's a gem. But I was like, I can't leave it by itself. So what is a lucky number when we'll paired with 11? And then two came up. And I was like, okay, what's the name associated with two? Amar was there. And it meant divine and immortal. So in other words, I'm dropping gems and I ain't going nowhere. Yes, I love that. But I just needed something that was going to be bold and make me stand out and have real star power. I feel like your any name can have star power if it's what you make. It's really what you make it. But I wanted to be separate, separated from my home life. Because mm-hmm. it's like Kyrie is one person, Jade's another. It's still me, but it's, they're two different people. At the it's same a different time. version of you. Yeah, it's just a different version. And I feel like tapping into an alter ego kind of, when we talk about confidence, it kind of brings out more confidence because you're like, this is bad bitch version of me. This is like the the sweetheart version of me. Yeah, and I feel like it, it kind of frees you to say more because it's like, I don't know if Kyrie would say this, but Jay Damar would oh, say it. Enough. <laughs> that's true. It took me a while to even like want to say wild things because it's like I speak like that on a regular basis, but I'm very big on messages and kids. Mm-hmm. Just because I have siblings, like younger siblings, and I know what they get exposed to so early, and you can't control it. But I'm also like that's that was what kind of had changed my mind. I was like, if you don't teach them, the streets will. Mm -hmm. so it was more of just be who you are unapologetically and you have that conversation when you need to have that conversation with like with my sister or whoever it may be yeah i just i try to keep that in mind like keep that balance yeah i try to keep a balance but at the same time i'm free and i can't not say what i want to say just because i'm worried about what a kid is thinking i'm like they're gonna hear it from cardi they gonna hear it from and not to name drop but they're gonna hear it from other artists yeah so it's like 
I'm not saying if you can't beat them, join them. But if that's you, that's you. Yeah, and if they're gonna hear it anyway. And not even yeah. in a negative way, like, all oh, these people are being gross, I may as well. Like, not even right, that, but it's like, negative. they're gonna hear it anyway, so why not? Yeah. And like, if it's I authentic. I'm big on feminism and women empowerment and really being able to say what's on your mind. I do think there's a tasteful way of saying things. Mm. So I try to make them subliminal when I can, but sometimes you just gotta say it. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I think it's fun to just be wild artistically yeah because you were like did so did they just say that yeah i know what's and that's the thing is like i know what sells like i know shock factor so i'm not about to sit here and not get paid either yeah yeah exactly i'm like mm, needs to be said <laughs> when did you make that decision to broaden yourself and give yourself room to to say wild shit and to find that balance this year or 2020 mm. because I, so I'm a songwriter at Prescription. Artist first, but that's what I do during the day. Describe Prescription for dumb people like me. Oh. <laughs> prescription RX Songs. That's Dr. Luke's uh, publishing company. So mm -hmm. I'm under them as a writer, not as an artist. And so I'll often get called to do tracks for, like, literally before I got on here with you, I was doing City Girl tracks. And then before that, like, Yesterday, I was doing Flo Millie tracks, or I might do Cardi tracks, or Nicki tracks, Megan tracks. And it's not just women rappers. Like, I'll do Justin Bieber stuff, too. Yeah. By the way, can I can I publish this on the podcast, or should I cut this part? No, you can say it. That's fine. Oh, okay, it's cool. Like, just making sure. I'm not saying I have placements with them. I'm saying I get asked to write for them. Oh, okay, got it. So, so that's fine. But it's like, with um, when I'm writing for those... I, going back to the females, when I'm writing for them, they want the wildest stuff that you can think of most times. Like, I had one line, it was like, frisk me daddy, hands on your balls. <laughs> like, it was just out there with it. And every time I see a reaction to those, I'm like, yeah, because that shit was lit and I know it. But yeah, I don't want to do it. Uh, yeah. Like, no, stop being scared and just put it out there. You talk like this, literally. Yeah, you talk like this off the mic. I was just, I was always trying to please everybody else around me and make sure I ain't embarrass nobody. Well, <laughs> so and also there's empty shock value, but then there's being wild, but still creative. And you're still being yeah, creative. It's all about how you play it. You can tell when it's forced and when it's really just how they are. Exactly. And so it's just like, if this is, if this is it, do it. Be you. With most of the rappers I've interviewed, they all seem to have some version of that where they they had their moment where they realized to just be their authentic self. Mm -hmm. When you, I think, so even when you were talking about coming out of high school, you felt like you were coming into your own. When people feel like they're, when they can see their growth, I feel like they're more, they're okay with owning it. Like once they see where they started and where they came, they're like, well, shit, if this is what I did, imagine what I can do now. And then you just keep wanting to grow and be better. Yeah. So you come into whoever your authentic self is. It's a good feeling. It's freeing. I like to drink. I like to vibe. I like to do a lot of stuff that the Bible says not to do. But... <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the Bible saying, don't vibe. <laughs> it's like, think about it. It's like, not the way, um, 
See, I just said damn, sin. <laughs> I, I like to do things that I want to do because I want to do it. I don't like when people do something without intent or without passion. I'm big on really loving what you do. And I know sometimes you're not afforded that luxury to do what you really want to do. But if you are, like, if you have, like, if music is really what you love, do what you love. Write what you love. Thank you for listening, you guys. Make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter under Bar Hop Podcast. Definitely make sure you follow Jade under JadeXAmar. And make sure you check out her music. One day you can be that asshole that talks about how you liked her stuff before she was famous.